Hello and welcome to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. You are joined by your usual hosts here. We've got Ryan. Oh, nope. sorry. Uh, I, was, I was waiting for Ryan to say hello. Mate. Sorry, I had to mute myself to respond to something real quick. My apologies. All right, so, <laughs> so, let's start. Let's start. Sorry, again. start yeah, again. Okay. We've got Ryan just to fucking <laughs> dust ball across the screen. We don't have Ryan. <laughs> we lost Ryan in the. In, we've lost Ryan in the divorce. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. You've got your usual hosts here. We've got Ryan. Hello. There we go. Uh, we've got Tom. Hello. Hey. Uh, we've got myself, Josh. Yeah. How how are we all doing? We'll start with we'll start with Ryan. I'm doing great, thank you. Uh, I've had uh, I actually managed to get a game in this week that wasn't one of our scheduled RPs. Uh, managed to play some Dice Forge with a good few of my friends this week. What's that? So the idea is you are uh, adventurers. You're like it's a four-player game. You have two dice that functionally have like um, flat Lego pieces on them on their face. It's mm. so like two d six, and the idea is you forge your dice by doing little quests to get different faces. It's like a resource management and victory point based game. So like right. one dice will have money across most of the sides and a sunstone and the other will have the same but a moonstone and your sun and moonstone you use you cash them in to go on quest to get stuff like more inventory space for your resources better dice you know specific uh slates for your dice Mm -hmm. and you basically the idea is you take one of your dice pop out one of the faces and insert the new face onto it so when you roll next time you have a better chance of either getting more rewards or doing something fun, like duplicating a reward of the other dice and things like that. Uh, and that's not, uh, like, for me, I love that idea, but it's also got one of the best, this is going to sound really weird, one of the best um, presentation boxes. Mm-hmm. The box, uh, when you open the box, you take, like, a slab out that is the sort of board for mm-hmm. where all the... Um, the resources resources are going to go uh and your board and your box form one continuous stage so like all the dice pieces all the bits you need remain in the box and they become part of the um uh the board itself right so it's very well presented and very you know it's very easy to set up and take down Mm-hmm. apart from like fiddling with all the dice at the end um it is one of the neatest it's more satisfying things to put away yeah. when you're done playing with it that sounds pretty cool it's really fun uh there's another expansion where it is um i think they add more dice and more resources you can get but uh, the base game itself comes with like different levels of difficulty or mm-hmm. like um so we we were playing we've been playing through them um over a recent period um and we are probably going to crack into the expansion soon which is fun that sounds really good yeah. mm. i love it like when a... oh sorry on you go no no after you sir 
Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, I, I, I love it when, uh, yeah, the designers of a game do incorporate the the box or the packaging into the game itself. I think there's just something very satisfying about seeing that happen. Yeah, um, like, too often that I have to, like, oh, I get a box for a game and I'm like, okay, do I need to get, like, a fishing tackle container for, like, yeah. these bits? Uh, but no, this, this like, it has spaces for your dice, it has spaces for your minions, your your, your tokens, sorry. And the sort of, like, uh, slate that all the dice faces come on uh, just mm-hmm. gets slipped into a little cover with a functionally a bungee cord that gets wrapped around it to keep them all secure yeah. and in place <laughs> and that just goes on top of uh, everything else in the box on, on the flip side one of the worst things in the world is when a game doesn't come with an insert no and it's just like an empty box and all everything's just rattling around inside it unless you go, do something one worse than that in mm-hmm. fact it's when you get a game that when you've actually opened it, it won't go back in the box. Yes. That, yeah. is, that is the worst. Like, the... I, I hate games that don't have an intuitive inbuilt storage solution to them. Yeah. Whether it's an insert or the box is big enough to hold it. If you are a game designer, design your game to do that. Do you know who's really bad for it? And mm. it's I'll, I'll give them a little bit of leeway because obviously the miniatures have to be built so the sprues take up a lot of space, but mm. Games Workshop games never yeah. have like an insert or anything to the so point where there's a little cottage industry of people making foam inserts for their <laughs> games, which the I may have purchased. Offender with Games Workshop that really annoys me. I don't mind that their boxes don't have like inserts in them. Mm-hmm. What annoys me though is when they they will have a box. So say let's, you've got a starter set for forty k or whatever, mm-hmm. and you'll get like a dreadnought in it, mm-hmm. and you can't put the dreadnought when it's built back in the box. Yeah, you just like actually bow the entire box well, around yeah, the dreadnought. Like, if you stand it up, it crushes the dreadnought. If you put it on its side, its base is too wide to to like store it. Like, that really gets on my wit. Even in death, that. I'm a cumbersome. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's really frustrating. It's it's something I've struggled with a lot over the past few years. Not with Games Workshop, although I have with Games Workshop, but it's with, with the card games I play. Yeah. They are, they're not designed in mind of storing their own cards. Like, they will have... In some cases, they'll have, like, a... a so, say it's a longer box. It's rectangular yeah. and it's longer. Longer. Mm-hmm. They'll have like a, a split down the middle, right? So you could store mm-hmm. the cards. Mm-hmm. But they don't design it to put deck protectors in. Yeah. yeah. And like, I'm like, nobody in their right mind does not sleeve these cards. If you check anywhere on your community, 90% of your, your players, your serious players, are sleeving their cards. Yeah. Make it big enough or make it modular that you can have sleeved and unsleeved. Is this is this legendary? Because I was just thinking, like the le- legendary. Because I've got yeah. a copy of the base game for that, and yeah. I remember. That, I, I mind that does have an insert for it, but will that not fit sleeved cards then at all? So, funnily enough, the legendary core game will let you fit sleeved cards, right? Hmm. But it's the 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 other uh, versions aren't as forgiving, right? Uh, and Champions has the same issue as well. Um, like you can champions will fit sleeved cards but it's not a comfortable fit see sure i wonder what it would take for um i'm just looking around my room and i actually realize i've got a smash up over there 
Yeah. Uh, so I got the um, the extra box that has the foam inserts for the mm-hmm. decks they'd produced at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder how much it would cost or what size of box you would need for uh, the, the the games that you mentioned there, like ch- for Champions. I That is an expansive, sprawling game from what i from what i've seen of your shelf yeah um i i don't imagine you'd get uh one neat and tidy box you know mm-hmm. what they you know what they used to do um this is gonna sound weird do you remember the old collectible uh where's waldo magazines where you had like the the yeah. uh, almost like the poly poly pocket folio Yes. I do not remember those. Oh wow! Oh All no right. way! <laughs> uh, so it was basically like Where's Waldo around the world and like uh, almost like a horrible history style thing. Yeah. Um, but you had like these little uh, folios that came with them. Uh, mm-hmm. After a certain number of issues generated, they would have these folios for you to keep them. Anyway, um, they should make like after a set number of these games get produced, they should make a box for here's Guardians to thor or whatever release order they were and just have a box that you can keep them in i mean i'm surprised they don't because it's just mm-hmm. more stuff they could sell you exactly right <laughs> well, so that's, funnily enough you've, you've touched on something there and it's a bit of a nerve for me because i do agree with you mm. um but i don't think they should sell it i think they should do like you do expansion one expansion two expansion three right and then you've got this massive collection and expansion four should they come should with release the box. that expansion in a box yeah. that can hold everything that's come before it. Right. Funnily enough, that's so, actually what they did with the Smash Up uh, Extra box. It's not a game based by itself. It's just a box to hold your other Smash Up cards. But mm-hmm. it came with the tabletop geek, geek faction from yeah. the old Will Wheaton show, Tabletop. I remember that. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, uh, like, I, 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 like, Legendary is a problem. Like, mm. especially... I have... There are... Not including Big Trouble in Little China, right? Because that's not Marvel. Mm-hmm. Just Marvel Legendaries. I have four, five, six, seven, eight boxes. Mm-hmm. Those are uh, that's not including the little boxes. Those are all the big expansion boxes or the mm-hmm. core boxes. Like there is no portable solution for that. The most I've seen, I've seen people get in these like they look like drug dealer cases, like these like these big wow. silver card cases, yeah. you know, like the suitcase kind of things. The things you you'd could... expect Kaiba from Yu-Gi-Oh to rock up with. Yeah, you, that's yeah, that's pretty much exactly it. You know, you crack it open, it's got fucking Exodia sitting on the top of it, right? Like it's like these these big like boxes that like they can fit like maybe they can decant it into like three of them, hmm. which is the most portable I've seen it, and that's not that portable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they they really need to come up with, and and I don't know what it would be, but they need to come up with a better storage solution. You should not need a roadie for your card game. I mean, it's kind of badass if you, you do, though. <laughs> yeah, like this is my tour crew, and these are my card games. Uh, legendary. I, I remember when I used to do the board game clubs at, at work. Mm. I I used to be able to take legendary to work with me because mm-hmm. uh, I was at a point where I had maybe. To the main game and like two expansions so you could like you could put them into like one or two boxes mm-hmm. and i could take that to work and we could play it i just can't i can't take legendary i can't take no. it anywhere it's when like... i moved house legendary <laughs> had its own seat on the car you know that was like that was that's legendary has got you know priority treatment now at this seat, point in my life seat belted I... in pat on the head 
I hear Tom tucks it in at night. I mean, well, with, might a, as well. with, with a collection that size, I would read it bedtime stories. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm really bad for like keeping stuff. Right, I'm, mm. I'm not on hoarder levels, but like for things that I like, I, I keep things. So, like mm-hmm. with Legendary, you've got the big expansions, but then you've got the little box expansions, just like the ones that are kind of like you know, like an A three size, yeah, kind of boxes. Mm-hmm. And um, I keep them. And like they don't, they're empty boxes. I've got twenty empty boxes sitting on my shelf just because I don't want to get rid of them because I, I like the boxes. They kind of look nice, don't they? Though, yeah, they, they, yeah. they complete the collection. Yeah, I mean, it shows how you know ridiculously yeah, it's, nerdy. Uh, Josh and I just reinforcing the hoarder aspect there. Yeah, I mean, we're, you, if, if that's your thing, you're in the right hobby here. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, are, you are enabling me a little bit. It's we fine. don't play tabletop games; we hoard it like jealous dragons. But... It's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, apart from apart from that, and uh, finishing off the, uh, the the section of the Star Wars story we're playing in, uh, that has been my week pretty much. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about that. We we finished our little arc in Star Wars. So, mm-hmm. uh, Tom, why don't you regale us on uh, what happened? Oh, God. Okay. Um, the fear so... in his eyes. <laughs> no, it's like, Tom, use your memory, that thing you're famed for being great at. Uh, so we uh, finished off uh, Dead in the Water, which was the adventure that we were running, the module for Star Wars uh, FFG. And we, you, I say we, you guys had kind of dealt with the immediate threat. You'd stopped the ship you were going on from plummeting into a black hole. Mm-hmm. You'd kind of fought off most of the saboteur droids. And then we had like a, a space combat, which actually I thought went surprisingly smoothly for a space combat. Yep. Probably our smoothest space combat so far, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, two of you, uh, Josh and Scott's characters, no, sorry, Ryan and Scott's characters, uh, and Josh was also there, uh, were flying Y-wings around shooting at the, the shuttle that had the lead droid and the captured captain on it, and then you disabled it, uh, and then he, uh, you, you bartered for him to come back on board uh, and release the captain, but poor Scott, bless him who has a good bluff check, fumbled his bluff check, and basically like gave away that he wasn't planning to uphold your end of the bargain. Yeah. So when the guy came back on board, he delivered your captain dead, uh, Wait. which puts you two for two now on dead commanders. Yeah, but it was interesting because like, my character was planning to play it straight because of how many uh command uh figures have been in very precarious positions in his mm. tenure uh so he didn't pick up that uh scott had even like let anything slip so yeah. when this droid comes in and throws the the body of the captain onto the deck it's just like you can't trust uh, now i see why they couldn't trust any of the separatist droids because this is what this is how they act and he was like, um, he he was born in the Clone Wars. Like his his uh, planet shortly after the Clone Wars got subjugated. So his whole th- thing was maybe we were on the wrong side the whole time. So like the the interesting thing with droids, I think in 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 Star Wars and in in other media as well, is they they don't have empathy, right? They don't like they lack that core 
aspect of, of humanity. You know, they can have intelligence, they can have, you know, they can have a degree of cunning and, and thoughtfulness, and, and to a degree they can have, you know, be able to advance, but they don't have emotions, right? It's a big part of, like, character arcs with people like Data in Star Trek, you mm. know, the absence of emotions. So mm. they will look at it purely logically, and when he's looking at that purely logically, he goes, well, they're going to destroy me anyway, so I might as well at least complete part of my mission parameter Mm-hmm. Because I have I have nothing to lose, you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas a, a person in that scenario, albeit not an evil person, might be like, I, I'm not just going to kill someone for the sake of killing someone. There's that off chance I might be able to talk my way out of this. You know, they'll have a degree of, of sympathy or hope mm-hmm. or optimism, but they're just so cold and so calculating. It's mm-hmm. why machines are are so scary. It's why like Terminator was such a like not scary film, but you know it was. Oh, quite frightening quite prospect. Unsettling, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, you had this very cold, very calculating machine that just looked at the the cold facts of it. You know, he'd been lied to. He knew you weren't going to hold up your end of the bargain. So mm-hmm. why why do anything but what he did? But you you guys uh, you beat him. Uh, you destroyed him uh, quite savagely. Uh, then you were able to find out where he had been manufactured, which led you back to the planet where the droids that uh, come onto your ship and, and been activated against you uh, were constructed and it turned out that the person who sold you the droids in the first place was actually an imperial agent mm-hmm. uh, a, a, an empire operative uh, an officer in fact uh, so you beat you defeated them one of them got away uh, and but you got the the woman uh, who had been posing as a sort of smuggler captain uh, you blew her leg off, uh, rather unceremoniously for her, uh, but you did capture her. Yeah, mm-hmm. we so, got back to tank. She can heal. I mean, that leg ain't <laughs> coming back. Like that's not how back to works. Yeah, so. I was gonna say. <laughs> I mean, the rest of her might be all right, but she's she's legless. You know, yeah. she's that's gone. Mm-hmm. She'll uh, she'll need a cybernetic leg or, or something similar. Uh, she gets the. Um on the medical freighter scene uh, from when Luke gets his robotic hand. <laughs> Basically. Except yeah. he gets from a, from a jail cell. I can't see the Rebel Alliance no. supplying a captured Imperial officer with a pr- prosthetic leg, though. You know, it's just not not overly likely, mm. uh, given their, their finances. So that wrapped up uh, the Dead in the Water scenario, uh, and we're now moving into uh, a new sort of leg of the the campaign uh we're getting a couple of new players because we've lost a couple for for one reason or another mm-hmm. so we're we're refilling players mm-hmm. and uh you guys have opted you were given a couple of options of, of positions basically stations that you wanted to be in whether you wanted to stay on your ship uh the crate fang whether you wanted to take over the larger vessel that you'd saved the shadow raptor or if you wanted to position be positioned on a planetary base and you guys have chosen planetary base so we're going to be kind of opening up a new chapter with you guys uh, operating off of a, a, a base of operations. Yeah, presumably with a very nervous commander as well, given our track record. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. Just like, not sure. these guys seem like a bad penny. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, are you sure they need to come to my, you know, under my command? Can but I promote is, someone else to command them specifically so I don't get targeted? <laughs> I have been thinking about retiring. Um, the, the thing is, I, 
admittedly, right, you are two for two on commanders being either killed or captured, right? Mm-hmm. But I will say the first instance that things went real bad, right? But they weren't entirely your fault. Like, you were betrayed by one of your own. The mm-hmm. situation just kind of escalated and you made the, the best of a very, very bad situation and you were lucky to get out of it alive. Mm-hmm. That situation from, from the most recent module... You guys actually did a, put a really good show into that. Like, you saved yeah. most of the crew. You saved the ship. You you uncovered the conspiracy. You captured an Imperial officer. So, yes, the captain did die. Mm-hmm. But in the grand scheme of how that could have panned out, you did really, really well. Like, you, yeah. like you the, mitigated most of that. The, the ship has not been pulled into a black hole and spaghetti, so I'm quite happy with how things yeah. went. Yeah, yeah. So that was fun. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to to the next leg of uh, of our Star Wars adventures. Yeah, likewise, likewise. So that was Ryan's week. Yeah, it was your week, Tom. <laughs> Twenty Ryan minutes very in. Similar, funnily <laughs> enough, uh, I, I had the same Star Wars game. Our other Star Wars game didn't run because of some some technical issues. Uh, I was actually supposed to be going down south for my mum's birthday. Uh, but because of all the chaos with the trains this week, yeah. I got as far as Motherwell and then had to come home because oh. they all got cancelled. So I got a refund, uh, but yeah, I'm not a... It's my mum's birthday today, so happy birthday, mum. Oh, happy birthday, this. Tom's mum. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I'm not her, but I've spoken to this morning, so that was nice. Um, so yeah, other than that, it's been uh, it's been pretty standard. I, I didn't enjoy the heat. I'm not gonna lie, that that wasn't fun when I was like baking in the office on like Wednesday. But yeah, it was. Uh, I, I I really like hot weather, but I am not designed for it at all. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I I like hot weather when I'm in control of the situation. So where I can, when I can go and cool down somewhere, when I'm not working, when I can go outside and sit in it and enjoy it and have a nice cold, you know strawberry daiquiri or whatever i'm having at any given point in time you know and, and actually get the benefit of it but when you're mm. trying to work and i have like quite a small office that has a tiny window and it got real hot real fast and then i've got computers on as well heating yeah. it further so i'm pretty sure i've lost a couple of pounds like i just sweated hey, that out yeah. like a mofo result yeah uh but yeah no i didn't didn't enjoy that so i'm glad that it's a bit more survivable now yes uh, i like nice weather not uncomfortable weather uh-huh so yeah that was uh-huh. me how about you josh how was your week yeah uh pretty good we've covered off the star wars game uh i mean gaming wise i have been i mentioned previously like uh, my my sort of interests get uh, various interests have peaks and troughs right and i'm definitely coming up to a magic the gathering peak because i've been playing a bit more um magic arena yeah. uh I've, I've built a deck for historic on that which i've been playing through and i've done a couple of drafts so i've been enjoying that um gaming wise not much else he says racking his brain um I was saying to everyone before we hit record, I'm I'm feeling a little delicate this morning because I was at a wedding reception last night and I might have had a couple of beverages. So <laughs> a couple too many from the sounds of it. <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. No. Uh, so I'm fine. I Good. think I'm holding up. I think I'm I'm managing. 
So, funnily enough, actually, you've just just reminded me there on on the subject of, of what I've been doing this week and, and gaming related. Uh, I I have made a triumphant return. Uh, triumphant's maybe not the right turn of phrase. Uh, to play in Pathfinder: Wrath of the Righteous, which I, I was originally streaming for oh, ourselves. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. And yeah, I've, I've kind of I drifted away from it uh, for like seven months. Uh, but over the past couple of weeks, I've made a bit of a return to it, and I'm uh, I'm blazing my way through it now. I've been been power gaming it a little bit, so uh, I think I'm getting quite close to the end. I've uh, I've unlocked a new mythic path in it, and and which is kind of not a mythic path, uh, which is that I've given up my my mythic powers to be a legendary human instead, mm-hmm. uh, which means that you can level up. So Pathfinder normally caps at level twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you do the mythic human, which is basically you don't have any mythic powers, but you uh, embrace your your mortalness, uh, you can level up to level forty, uh, and you level up a lot faster. Mm. So my main character is now like level thirty four, I think. Uh, I mean, given that we've played mythic before, that puts you roughly on tier with a mythic character. <laughs> I, I think in some ways, yes, but in other ways, it makes you more powerful. Mm. Because, like, you're getting more stat increases, right? So, as a legendary human, a couple of things happen. You get an immediate plus four to all your stats, just to give you, like, a fighting chance. Yeah. You still you can still only max out a class at level 20, mm. but you can then take other classes as oh, well. Right. right, so you can get like, so, more spell slots and different So, you're getting spells. more spell slots, more abilities. So, like, I'm a... Wizard twenty, Bard seven, Lawmaster seven at the moment. So I'm I'm opening up combats with like uh, Inspire Courage, followed by a quickened whatever, and then another spell of some some type. Mm. And then my Lawmaster means that like I, t- I get automatic rolls of tens on any knowledge checks. All my hit dice and my skill points are still advancing. So I'm still getting like, and my base attack as well. Like I'm, my my wizard has a higher base attack than my paladin, who's <laughs> level like 17. Um, so it is a bit crazy. Um, so I've been uh, uh, Ryan's been getting regular updates on this, whether yeah. he wants them or not. Um, <laughs> I, I went I, into like <laughs> I cannot unsubscribe Wrath of the Righteous. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I went into the abyss and I had a whole thing in the abyss, and uh, now I'm back out in. Uh, in the world trying to deal with the last of the demon invasion but i think i'm on the home stretch now so uh that's going to be me probably for the the rest i'm off work for a long weekend so i've, I've been basically binging that for my time off mm-hmm. nice nice good stuff did you see your time off i think so i mean it's not what it was meant to be used for but i'll take it yeah on the yeah. subject of uh D and Pathfinder. Uh, see that smooth transition. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also we also got uh, an announcement, uh, not an announcement, even a video drop, because uh, we got the trailer for the new Dungeons and Dragons movie, Honor yeah. Among Thieves, uh, dropped mm. uh, this week, and I think we've all seen it uh, yes. at this point in time. So this is uh, the new uh, film starring Chris Pine, uh, Michelle Rodriguez. And uh, Hugh Grant, amongst others, uh, by Paramount. Uh, and I, I really liked the trailer. I thought I'd, I'd bring it up and we could have a chat about our opinions on it and, and what we all thought of it. Uh, I will say the casting alone is a step up from the last D&D film that had, you know, yes. Jimmy Olsen from Superman's New Adventures as like the... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Jeremy Irons, come on. 
Yeah, it had Jeremy Irons and it had uh, one of the Wayne's brothers, but it wasn't, you know, Jeremy Irons at his best. No. You know, it, was, <laughs> it was Jeremy Irons needs a new conservatory. Yeah, it, yeah. it was Jeremy Irons. It did not have, like, it had a, the, the woman who played, like, the queen in it was quite big as well, but I can't think of her name. Uh, I will look that up right now. I remember there was, like, she's quite a big name actor. She really phoned it in as well uh, when she was in it. But, yeah, this seems like a, a big step up and, like, looking at the... Obviously, we've only got the trailer to go off so far and a, a few stills, but the quality certainly looks a lot higher um, than the last one, uh, yes. which is, is not surprising. Uh, not a piece of blue lipstick to be seen. No, no Damodars, uh, mm. which is you know both a blessing and a curse. Um, the other thing as well that, that I thought was interesting, I've seen this comparison made online quite a bit, and it is a fair one, is a lot of people are comparing it to Guardians of the Galaxy in tone and structure. Yes, um, I was going to bring this up because the song that they use for the trailer is Whole Lot of Love by Led Zeppelin. Yeah. So definitely going for sort of a retro music thing that's Guardians of the Galaxy established in the sort of like fantasy science fiction mm-hmm. films. Um, Suicide Squad tried to do it and didn't. Mm. It did. The, I'm talking about the very first Suicide Squad film, the terrible one. That um, is so not to get too off off track. But true. funnily enough, I was watching a video about why that film failed last night. And right. Suicide Squad's an interesting case study because I don't think it would have been a bad film if it had just finished the way it was supposed to be because it was made to be quite serious. Yeah. And after Guardians of the Galaxy released. They actually pivoted it and tried to cram it to be like Guardians of the Galaxy. You can tell as well. You yeah. can tell like it's clear as day when <laughs> when you watch it. Yeah, um, because they just shoehorn these retro rock uh, yeah. songs into the soundtrack, and mm-hmm. and there are like really really clear like tonal shifts in it as well. Where you know at one point it's quite dark and quite serious, and then at other points it's really goofy and and doesn't quite work. So I get that. Um, certainly, I think the Marvel films in general, though, mm. do have a lot to answer for. We're kind of seeing a lot of um, how do I put this? It's sort of like the 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 uh, it's a comic book movie. Co- like it, it, it's got the feeling of like the ragtag group of people with like, extraordinary abilities that have to come together to save the world. Mm. Like uh, it does, it does. From what I can see, you know, which is only just the the trailers and the uh, the character reveals, mm-hmm. um, it does like it does smack off Guardians energy. But that might just be because they put that song over the soundtrack. Who knows what the actual soundtrack is going to be in the movie? Mm-hmm. Um, but I uh, I am looking forward to seeing it because it looks like just an entertaining fantasy movie where I can occasionally go, hey, I know that monster. Yeah. Like, you can, yeah, play, I mean, who, looks... you can play who's that Pokemon with the, with the uh, travails they have to face. Well, this is it, right? It, it looks like they're, they're kind of honouring the source material. Like, in the trailer alone, you see, like, a black dragon spewing acid. You see Displacer Beast. You see an owlbear. You see a, a mimic. You know, these... Like, that's that in the trailer alone is more of actual D&D lore than we saw in every previous D&D movie 
because there are three, unfortunately, mm. uh, put together. Like it's you know it's a lot more truthful to the source material, and the main characters, for all intents and purposes, are barred, which is you know that's a masterstroke in my opinion. Yeah, um, uh, he he's a planner. He plans. Yeah, mm. you know he plays a loop like that's. That, having Chris Pine as kind of like a, a bard as well, I think it's kind of a, a good bit of, of fun casting. Yeah. Uh, the one criticism I have kind of seen levied against it so far, which I do agree with to a point, they've not really got a lot of diversity of like the D&D species or, or races or, or heritages, whatever you want to call them, kind yeah. of in the main cast. You've got humans, elves, and a tiefling, but they yeah. all kind of look human. Yeah, like, the druids are tiefling. Yeah. yeah. Right, I didn't even... Yeah, because yeah. she does have like little horns, doesn't she? I didn't even clock that. Uh, yeah. A lot of people may have like been like, oh, that is... You know, another uh, criticism I've seen is that's Keyleth from Critical Role. Yeah. With smaller yeah. horns, even though Keyleth's yeah. like, headpiece is like an actual like ornamental uh, headpiece. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, it, it's a girl who wears green with red hair who can occasionally turn into things, which um, it's it's not a bad it's not a, a bad archetype, but it is something that uh, has you know recently been done before in like Amazon Prime. So yeah, but I don't this, know. this is the thing, right? I I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah, like uh, one of the things you know they say imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Like if something works, if something is good. Mm. If if you take that and and spin it in a different way or use it, you know this is like it's what Blizzard used to do with World of Warcraft back in the day. World of Warcraft was not innovative. People think World of Warcraft broke the mold. It didn't. It just took the best of what was out there and put it together. Mm. Like and that's why it was so popular. They took all the best things and they put them together. And like when someone made something new. They took that and they put that in as well. Like they were like, "We'll have that. That's good. We'll have that. That's good." And it was when they stopped doing that that, that it actually started to to sort of go downhill. To stagnate, uh, yeah. Because they're not innovators; they're they're improvers. You know, they take existing things and make them better. They just don't have the the sort of creativity to, to make stuff good. Anyway, um, Blizzard aside, before I go on yes. a rant about that. Um, I'm happy for them to take existing archetypes, you know, like expected things and put them in and just make them good. Yeah. You know, I don't, mm-hmm. I said this to you guys the other day, I don't expect this to be film of the year. I'm not looking for it to be the best movie ever made. I'm not looking for it to even be on the level of like Guardians of the Galaxy or a good Marvel film. Yeah. As long as it is a half decent D&D film, I will be happy. So what you're saying is you don't think this is going to be Chris Pine's uh, Oscar vehicle? I mean, who knows, right? Like the Oscars <laughs> yeah. have been weird recently, but <laughs> like maybe it will be. Probably not, though. So yeah, that's my so, thoughts on that. There we go. Well, stay tuned, guys. Obviously, obviously, we're going to watch it when it comes out. Oh, yeah. So we'll uh, we'll we'll let you know our thoughts as and when. Um, I think just before we wrap things up, it is five weeks until Tabletop Scotland. Ooh. That's that's approaching fast. So um... <laughs> that, that's like the woo of like just being thrown through a roller coaster and having to go for one last hill. It's it's the uh, it's the sad divorcee at the bar woo, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to be out. I'm not happy why I'm out. 
That doesn't apply to tabletop. I was going to say, like, that applies to the Woo specifically. We are just panicking because we haven't wrote this pub quiz yet. So that's that's why. But we've got five weeks to do it. That's tons of time to write a pub quiz. Yeah, it'd be fine. We're, we're, we're pros at this. Uh, yeah. It's going to be good. It. I'm looking forward to it. But uh, just a, a couple of things. Um, the guys over at Tabletop Scotland are appealing for volunteers. So if you fancy helping out over the weekend, check the webpage out and uh, let them know if you would be interested in that. Uh, there is also, uh, we haven't mentioned, uh, no, I think we have mentioned it, but in passing, there is going to be a wargaming section this year. So if you play historicals or Warhammer or any any, any miniature goodness, um, there's going to be a space for you to do that. And that is sponsored by Warbases as well. So we'll give you the link uh, the link for them below. They do uh, bases, movement trays, buildings for your, for your uh, miniature war games. So we'll uh, check them out as well. But uh, there was talk of me and... John having some sort of exp- um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Ex- exhibition uh, match. Exhibition match. Thank you. Yeah, um, of forty k, which I am. I do want to. I do want to take him up on it, but I don't know which army to take. To what would be my best chance of success there? You are probably... aware we're working, right? Like this is playtime for Josh. Uh, we'll have a we'll have a bit of downtime. Maybe not enough for a forty k game though. I mean, if you could play fast, maybe. If you I mean, you could, you could just set your minis up and then play rock paper scissors. Um, I'm I'm okay with this. Yeah, <laughs> do that. Do that really annoying thing that people used to do when I worked at Games Workshop, where they wouldn't even play a match; they would discuss a match. They would theory craft the match. Wow! I'll do this. Oh well, if you do that, I'd do this. I'll do this and I'd do that. I would lose my mind with that. I'd be like, just play a game. Play the game. <laughs> Stop talking about playing and play. Yeah. So, yes, uh, check out all the links below. Uh, hope, hope to see plenty of you guys there as well. So, yeah, If you do see us there, come and say hello. Yeah, of course. Josh yeah. doesn't have many friends, so he'd, oh. he'd appreciate the. Wow, Jesus. Oh. I've been just... quite nice to you today, so I thought I'd just get that parting shot. Just, oh. Just oh. like you got fucking lanced. <laughs> Pull that knife out of me, Jesus. Oh. You didn't even know you were in a jousting competition, Josh. You just got ran yeah. by. So, guys, if you fancy slagging me off at Tabletop Scotland, just go for it. I mean, I'll be I'll be a shell of a human being having spent a whole weekend in Tom's company and his, his, I'll, his I'll, I'll try to um, buffer, but I don't think I'm going to be able to do much. No, there's nothing you can do, yeah. Ryan. Wait, Ryan, like a bulletproof it. vest, just... <laughs> Yeah, just, just the meet and greet is just me like bodyguarding Josh. <laughs> <laughs> right here, folks. On on the note of uh, my precious ego, uh, <laughs> let's draw this episode to a close. So, as always, thank you very much for listening, and until next time, take care. Bye bye.